0: there can be no better time for lawyers to be together in the American Bar Association so that we can share ideas and work together toward strengthening the profession, and most importantly, access to justice for all.
1: Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Lawyer to Lawyer, with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrosi. Bringing you the latest legal news and observations with the leading experts in the legal profession. You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
2: Hello and welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams coming to you from sunny Southern California. I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court.
3: And this is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from outside of Boston, Massachusetts, where I write a blog called Law Sites. Uh, I also host another Legal Talk Network show called Law Technology Now with Monica Bay. And before we introduce today's topic and guest, we would like to first thank our sponsor, Clio. Clio is the world's leading cloud-based legal practice management software. Thousands of lawyers and legal professionals trust Clio to help grow and simplify their practices you can learn more at clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com.
2: Well, Bob, the American Bar Association is one of the world's largest voluntary professional organizations with nearly 400,000 members and more than 3,500 entities. It is committed to doing what only a national association of attorneys can do, serve its members, improve the legal profession, eliminate bias and enhance diversity, and advance the rule of law throughout the United States and around the world.
3: And in just about two weeks, many of those members are going to be descending on the city of San Francisco for the ABA's annual meeting there. And during that annual meeting, a new president will be taking office. We're going to be talking to that new president today in today's program. Uh, Just a quick note, especially to those of you who are paying attention to me on social media this week, because I've been promising we were going to have both the outgoing president, Paulette Brown, and also the incoming president on the same show. But Due to a last-minute conflict, Paulette Brown is not going to be able to be with us today, and we hope to uh, speak with her at a later date.
2: Our guest today is Linda Klein, president-elect of the American Bar Association. Linda Klein, senior managing shareholder at Baker Donaldson Behrman, Caldwell and Berkowitz. She assumed the role of president-elect of the American Bar Association in August 2015 at the American Bar Association's annual meeting in Chicago. She's presently serving a one-year term as president-elect and then will become the ABA president in August of this year. Welcome to the show, Linda Klein.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: Well,
3: Linda, this is a extremely challenging time, I think, in a lot of ways for the legal profession. I think many lawyers feel as if Their very livelihood is under attack from new emerging business models, emerging ideas about what constitutes the practice of law. We see law schools under attack. We even see the judiciary, the legal system uh, under attack. What do you plan to do during your term as president? What have you identified as your priorities as you come into this office?
0: Candidly, there can be no better time for lawyers to be together in the American Bar Association so that we can share ideas and work together toward strengthening the profession and most importantly, access to justice for all. Uh, I've uh, spent the year as president elect going to various cities throughout the country, uh, and I call it a listening tour. And I have been in, and I, I won't be able to name them all, but I've been everywhere Reno and Denver and Owensboro, Kentucky, and Evansville, Indiana, and Burlington, Vermont, and Fargo, North Dakota. And I could go on and on uh, about the, the different cities I've been in. And when I go to these cities, I try to meet with small groups of lawyers, and candidly, I try. to meet with as many lawyers as possible who are not members of the American Bar Association. And in meeting with them, I ask them what they need in their practices. And I get many of the same answers wherever I go. Lawyers are very much committed to access to justice. Lawyers are very much interested in a diverse profession. Lawyers are concerned about law school debt and and the uh, number of young lawyers who can't find meaningful employment. But they also have some very important things that are important to them uh, regarding running their practices. And so uh, part of what we're going to do this year is help lawyers in a very basic way, and I'll be talking about that. But I also have some other initiatives that I'm going to ask lawyers to be part of this year, and we're all going to work together on access to justice and helping lawyers help their clients. And I'll be glad to tell you how.
2: Okay. (laughs) Well, please go ahead and give us a rundown of the specifics of how you're going to attack such a large agenda.
0: (laughs) Well, let's start with something that I've learned a lot about this year, and that is the need for veterans to have access to legal services. There are more than 22 million military veterans in the United States and they face a web of legal challenges. Many of them involve family law. A lot of them have uh, chronic illness problems. Many problems with debt accumulated, starting from when they were in active duty service. One of the things that shocked me the most was to learn that there are nearly 50,000 homeless veterans in the United States. And then I learned that the fastest-growing homeless population in the United States is women veterans. I learned that 1.4 million veterans live below the poverty line, and another 1.4 million live just above it. So that means that about 13% of our nation's heroes live below or near the poverty line. And as I learned all about that, I decided that we can do better and that we must do better as a profession. When I think about these men and women who took an oath, saying that they would die for our country in defense of our liberty, we as lawyers are going to need to answer our own oath, our own calls, uh, as a profession, and help these veterans. These are people who fought for our rights as citizens, and those rights rest on something that's very near and dear to our profession, and that is the protection of a just rule of law uh, throughout the world.
3: But Linda, can I just ask, what can you do about that, given, I mean, we all know that funding for legal services across the board has been dramatically reduced over the last decade. I know that up here in Massachusetts, where I am, funding for veterans' legal services uh, is scarce. So how do you propose to tackle that issue?
0: And that's where the American Bar Association can really come in and, and help so very much. The ABA already does some outstanding work that helps active duty military and veterans. And we're going to launch a legal services initiative for veterans this year. We brought together a group of uh, ABA member leaders who are going to use the vast expertise that they have, as well as our extensive nationwide relationships. And we're going to build many things that are going to help veterans. I'd like to tell you about the two leaders of the uh, initiative, Navy, TJAG, Three Star, retired Rear Admiral Nan Dorenzi, the first woman uh, Navy T-JAG, uh, and I believe the first uh, three-star in uh, woman in the Navy that was a JAG officer. Dwight Smith, who is a former chair of the uh, General Practice Section, a member of the House of Delegates, who has been involved in uh, very uh, extensive leadership activities through the ABA. And those are going to be the co-chairs of the commission. Retired Major General Butch Tate, who is currently the chair of what we call the LAMP Committee, the ABA acronym that stands for Legal Assistance to Military Personnel. And he has uh, helped us very much in creating this initiative, and he is going to continue to work with us on the Veterans Initiative. Uh, we're going to bring together law schools and bar associations promoting legal services incubators. We're going to bring services to the veterans uh, and at the same time provide valuable training for new and, and underemployed lawyers. I've learned about the importance of medical-legal partnerships, where lawyers can be part of the team at VA medical facilities, and I've learned that when lawyers are on the team, they can often help solve the underlying problem that brings the veteran to the facility, uh, such as homelessness, and without the exposure on the street, a veteran has a place to live. Often, they don't need to come to the medical facility as often. We're looking at ways to promote legal checkups for veterans. We've learned that of homeless veterans, five out of the ten top issues that men who are homeless veterans have are legal, but yet many veterans do not know that their problem is a legal one. And so with legal checkups, we can make sure that veterans have the assistance that they need. Our plans also include an effort to extend a very successful pilot project that the ABA had in conjunction with the Department of Veterans Affairs, it was called the Veterans Claims Assistance Network. It was called VCAN. Some of you may have heard of it, and many lawyers that are listening may well have volunteered uh, in that program. And this is a way to bring pro bono help for veterans whose benefit claims were caught in the massive backlog you heard about in the media. It showed a new path forward as a joint venture between the ABA and the VA for resolving these claims, and it reduced the backlog considerably. We had one case where a Vietnam veteran who had several service-connected disabilities was trying to obtain his benefits, and a volunteer ABA member got his claim file reorganized expedited the appeal, and the veteran got a $1,000 a month increase in his disability compensation and a lump sum payment of $18,000. And that makes a huge difference for so many of our veterans.
2: Linda, if there was a uh, if a veteran was listening to your podcast and all of the plans, where would that veteran want to go look for what you're going to be putting in place over the next year? How should that veteran stay in touch with you?
0: I'm glad you asked that. We have a separate website for uh, what we're doing with veterans right now, and that will continue to have information as we develop the committee's resources. And instead of AmericanBar.org, which is the ABA's website, AMBAR, slash veterans, will bring you to the page for the Coordinating Committee on Veterans Benefits and Services, and, and that will continue to populate that. And I also would like lawyers that are listening to go to that website. This year, we have a traditional pro bono week, usually at the end of October, like every year. But this year, for Veterans Day, we're hoping that lawyers will participate in veteran-specific activities in conjunction with our annual national celebration of pro bono at the end of October. And we're extending it for bar associations and other groups that would like to do it all the way to Veterans Day on November 11th so that any community can organize activities around that time so that we can help veterans. We're asking state bars. We're asking local bars. We're asking other community organizations to sponsor Veterans Pro Bono events then. And also, a second Pro Bono Day in May as a meaningful way to serve veterans around Memorial Day. So if you're a lawyer listening, we'd like you to help us, and please go to that website, ambar.org, slash veterans, to find out how you can help.
3: Thanks. There's a couple of other topics I want to ask you about, but I want to give you an opportunity to talk more about your initiatives for the year if, if there was something else that you wanted to do before I move on to those.
0: Oh, boy, I've got lots I'd like to <laughs> uh, All right. Well, we're going to also mobilize the bar on another important civics initiative that represents the foundation of our profession, our democracy. This is an election year and voting is a basic right and obligation of every citizen and a pillar of the rule of law. So we are mobilizing the incredible ABA nonpartisan resources on election law. There's a new a bipartisan book that's come out about election law, and we're encouraging lawyers to get involved. The website for that, ambar.org vote, will show you the way to get to a new video that we're distributing to schools nationwide to encourage young people to get involved. We're asking our clients and our communities to vote. Uh, we've developed a promotional card that can be downloaded electronically. It's not up on the website yet, but please check in probably around the middle of August after the ABA's annual meeting. And it will explain the importance of voting, a point to valuable resources, and a way that you can take what the ABA has developed about voting, personalize it to your law firm, to your bar association, to your community organization, and distribute it either by printing it or electronically. The ABA website, ambar.org slash vote, has links to state-by-state information on voter registration, voter ID requirements, time off to vote rules. There's a map. You click on the map on the state that interests you, and you'll get all these resources that will come up. That is a great way to make sure that everyone knows that lawyers care that people vote, and we encourage everybody to vote this year. As voting is fundamental to our democracy, so too is education. And the ABA has done great work advocating for children and and our support for providing a quality education to all. And we are promoting this year lawyers getting involved in a right to a high quality education for all children. Nationally, we are still far from From finished in securing the basic right to a quality education on a consistent basis, particularly for children from low-income families and children of color and children with disabilities, children whose primary language is not English, children in foster care, children from homeless families. And the American Bar Association believes that everyone, every child is entitled to a quality education. We've established a six-member education committee. Will be chaired by uh, Reggie Turner from Detroit, and it will complement and leverage the efforts of the other ABA entities, and there are many of them that are involved in this. So, those are some of the uh, initiatives that are outward facing that we're going to talk about this coming year and work together on. I'm very excited about. And then there is that more inward facing helping lawyers and trying to figure out the ways to help lawyers based on what I learned on my listening tour. And I will pause there because I'm sure you've got questions.
2: (laughs) Well, that's a good transition to the question I was going to ask, because as an everyday lawyer who's a member of the ABA, what is it that the benefits that get offered to members and why do lawyers want to join the ABA?
0: Lawyers join the ABA for a variety of reasons that are personal to them. Uh, I've been known to say, and, and I didn't coin this phrase, but I'm sure you've heard it before, one size fits one. And with over 3,500 entities, my guess is that there is something for every lawyer in the United States within the American Bar Association. Many lawyers join the ABA because they're interested in their practice area and practice-specific information. A lot of that comes from the ABA sections, who do fabulous work on bringing sections, divisions, forums, on bringing information that lawyers need on a timely basis. Some lawyers want to get involved, like you guys as the hosts of this show, you're involved in the American Bar Association, you're speaking, you're writing, you're doing things that help lawyers, and that's what excites you. There are other lawyers that want to get involved in some of the international work that we do, or or just want to support it financially, and the ABA is in over 60 countries. The ABA brought justice to 18,000 rape victims in Congo by helping develop mobile courts that went throughout the country. So when it comes to uh, a panoply of things to be involved in the ABA is certainly there. But also when it comes to value for your membership dollar, there are discounts and other benefits that the ABA has that indeed all lawyers can take advantage of that more than many times over pay for their ABA dues.
3: Linda, I want to ask you about... Back at the uh, mid-year meeting in San Diego, one of the most contentious debates I think the ABA has had in quite a while was over Resolution 105, which was uh, kind of giving states a framework to consider the regulation of so-called non-traditional legal service providers. And, uh, you know, some saw this as opening a door to broadening the the definition of law to an ABA endorsement, I guess, of, of broadening the definition of law practice. I think, as I recall, you supported Resolution 105. And I'm, I'm wondering what the ABA's position should be going forward in this debate over kind of redefining what the practice of law should be in the face of companies such as LegalZoom and Rocket Matter and, you know, limited licensed legal technicians in Washington. Where do you come down on that?
0: I think there were a bunch of questions in there.
3: Well, I, I think the bottom line question is, do you feel that the that the definition of law practice needs to be expanded in order to meet the access to justice crisis in this country?
0: The ABA's policy that 105, and as you know, was approved, explains that the regulatory authorities in every state will decide, it's usually the Supreme Court of that state. And what 105 did was it said, if the state is going to move forward in this regard— then here are some best practices for the Supreme Court to consider. The ABA needs to lead, and the ABA needs to be at the forefront of considering everything that helps with access to justice. It may be some of the things that I'm going to talk about in a minute, uh, which are arming lawyers with the tools that they need so that they can practice more efficiently and make their services more affordable for clients. We're right now in a time of transition, and the ABA is going to continue to lead and continue to study and share the results of its work.
3: Okay. We need to take a break right now before we continue the conversation. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a few moments. Clio is an invaluable software for law firms of all sizes, handling all the demands of your growing practice from a single cloud-based platform. Clio enhances your firm with features such as matter and document management, time tracking, and even billing. Clio is an effortless tool to help lawyers focus on what they do best to practice law. Again, learn more at clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. And welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer. This is Bob Ambrogi, and joining my co-host, J. Craig Williams and I today is Linda Klein, president-elect of the American Bar Association, and possibly by the time you're hearing this, president of the American Bar Association. She'll be taking office in just a couple weeks.
2: Well, Linda, as you mentioned, you're going to be taking over and you're the president-elect. What has been your role over the last year? How have you learned from the prior president and what's going to be continuing on to next year?
0: Well, Paulette Brown has done a fabulous job of bringing issues of uh, diversity and implicit bias and inclusion to the forefront here. One of the four goals of the ABA, as you mentioned when you started this program, uh, is diversity and inclusion throughout the profession. Uh, our profession is, unfortunately, the least diverse of all professions in the United States, and the ABA is definitely committed to do better about that. The implicit bias training that the uh, Department of Justice has said that they will be doing with uh, all of their employees uh, certainly shows that uh, the legal profession is starting to move forward in in this regard. The work of the Diversity 360 Commission that uh, Paulette Brown created as president uh, will continue among the many diversity entities within the ABA, and we're going to continue to move forward certainly uh, in that regard. The ABA's track record on advancement of women in the profession uh, is, is fabulous, and we've got many programs uh, where women promote the success of other women. We've got some great tools on the ABA website uh, for the ABA Commission on Women and the uh, Gender Equity Task Force, the Power of the Purse, which is a program that's free, can be downloaded by anyone, Uh, can be done in bar associations uh, or in conjunction with in-house counsel. And it advises in-house counsel on ways that uh, they can use their economic influence to increase diversity uh, on law firm teams, not just women, but diversity as well in all other ethnicity and and other ways. There's a program by the Commission on Women in the Profession called the GRIT Project. There's another toolkit that can be downloaded. All the materials That uh, a law firm or a bar association can use to present a successful program on establishing what uh, we've been calling the grit and growth mindset in uh, many organizations. It's something that can be taught, and yet it is a set of qualities that most successful lawyers share. There is an upcoming project I ask everybody to look out for called the Bias Interrupters Project, uh, which uses social research uh, that can help a firm. Fix its basic business systems to make sure that the playing field is level so everyone can advance to partner level. Lots more to to talk about. And if you go to ambar.org slash CWP for Commission on Women in the Profession, CWP resources, it's all there. Because we know that although uh, women constitute a third of the profession, they're only a fifth of law firm partners, a fifth of general counsels at Fortune 500 companies, and law school deans. And for women of color, they only occupy uh, 2% of large law firm equity partnerships. So the ABA is committed to level the playing field for all lawyers.
3: Well, and it's worth noting that you are a, uh, a winner yourself of the Margaret Brent Women Lawyers of Achievement Award, which recognizes the accomplishment of women lawyers who have excelled in their field. So, uh, of course, a past winner of that. So, congratulations for that. Linda, we're getting near the end of our time, but I believe there was something else that uh, you wanted to talk to our listeners about. So, uh, let me give you that opportunity now.
0: Thank you. I, I promised at the beginning of this podcast that I want to talk about our member benefit initiative, just as Voting and veterans and education are very basic. That's how we feel about uh, member benefits. And we're going to be looking back to basics that the ABA does incredible things for access to justice, for the legal community, for the court system. But we're going to also do incredible things for our members and potential members. We're going to provide benefits to lawyers with a strong focus on solo practitioners, small firms, uh, new lawyers practicing five years or less. We're going to be providing lawyers with access to a suite of services to run their practices via a new ABA web portal, and the result will be that small law firms' daily operations are going to be more efficient and more productive, and other plan phases of this will be offering insurance and retirement plans, and we are going to use this new portal to highlight the added value of ABA membership because we want to bring the benefits of ABA membership to all lawyers.
2: Excellent. Excellent. Great. Well, thank you very much. Is there anything else you'd like to add?
0: I thank you very much for your time. If anybody would like to reach me before August 8th, try ABA President Elect at org. After that, try ABA President at AmericanBar.org. <laughs> uh, I look forward to hearing from everyone, and I thank you very, very much for this opportunity.
3: Well, we thank you. We've been very honored to have you be on the show with us today, and we look forward to your taking office in San Francisco in a couple of weeks and to your term over the next coming year
0: thank you
2: well Bob that brings us to the end of our show this is Craig Williams with my co-host Bob Ambrosi thanks for listening join us next time for another great legal topic when you want legal think lawyer to lawyer
1: thanks for listening to lawyer to lawyer produced by the broadcast professionals at legal talk network join J Craig Williams and Robert Ambrosi for their next podcast covering the latest legal topic